Today on the Christian Music Blog Podcast, I had the privilege of sitting down with the director of Sovereign Grace Music, Bob Coughlin. Bob is an author, a blogger, and a pastor in Louisville, Kentucky, and he speaks into the lives of many young worship leaders around the world today. We discussed what stewarding our gifts really should look like as people of faith who make music. That's today on the CMB Podcast, Session 33. Welcome to the CMB Podcast, a podcast designed to serve people of faith who make music. If you're looking for practical and inspirational ideas to help you in your musical craft, then look no further. ChristianMusicBlog.com is all about helping you think differently about creativity through eyes of faith as you learn how to establish healthy musical habits and disciplines, fueling your creativity and making you more prolific for the glory of God. And now your host, Nate Fancher. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Christian Music Blog Podcast. I say welcome back to those of you who have been listening um, up to this point for a few weeks. Uh, Maybe you're new to this podcast. And just to let you know what this podcast is all about, we are a podcast that seeks to serve artists, musicians, and songwriters, and music makers in their journey of music making through eyes of faith. So here on the CMB Podcast, we cover a variety of subjects that matter to you if you are a Christian musician. Um, If you're looking to grow in your artistic craft as a musician, as well as develop a biblical worldview of making music, then I invite you to join us because we here at CMB, we are on that same journey. And um, so if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I invite you to check out freemusicgift.com. That's my way to say thank you practically. And if you head over there, freemusicgift.com, you can download a couple of free things and also sign up for our email newsletter. And uh, it's just my way of saying thanks. So Thanks. All right. I'm really excited to share with you guys, as I said in the beginning, Bob Coughlin is on today's episode. Um, He is such a a great gift to the church today. He blogs over at worshipmatters.com, but but he's more than just a blogger. He is um, a pastor. He's a father. He's he's a father of six kids, and um, some of those kids are married, and they have uh, kids themselves, so he's a he's a grandfather, um, but he's also father to many others, not by blood, but but in the faith. He has um, served so many worship pastors and worship leaders in thinking more deeply about um, what worship is and how we should be more careful to um, to really be worship leaders who are pointing people to the cross and who are not just singing songs, but also viewing our corporate worship times together as a, as a way to pastorally care for people. Um, it, it, he's really influenced me as a worship leader, as a songwriter, and um, I know that our conversation is going to serve you. So um, for today's show notes, uh, just head over to christianmusicblog.com forward slash session 33, and um, I'll, I'll include the notes for from today's conversation as well as some links to um, some of what's going on over, with, over there with him. He's got... Um, at Sovereign Grace Music at their site, uh, a new album that's just recently come out called Grace Has Come. It's um, based on the Book of Romans and um, very good. So I, 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 I encourage you to go get that and, um, and, and you won't want to miss out on that and as well as the chord charts and different things that they offer over there at that site. But um, we talked a little bit about that, but we kind of covered everything from his, his life um, in, the, in the early days when he got saved, how, how that changed his, his um, approach to music. And um, but the main conversation today was was surrounding um, his talk that he gave at 
a Worship God conference um, called Faithful to Grow, and um, I'm also going to include a link to that um, that actual talk in our in our show notes today, so you can listen to that. But it's um, really really good. It, it's basically an exposition of Matthew 25, the parable of the talents, and um, and how we can apply that to our lives as artists and musicians, and um, and why it really really matters. So I won't take up any more time. Um, I want to get right to it. Here's my conversation with Bob Coughlin on session 33 of the CMB podcast. Well, it's a great honor to be sitting down with Bob Coughlin. Bob is the director of Sovereign Grace Music with Sovereign Grace Ministries. He's based out of Louisville, Kentucky. He wrote the book, Worship Matters. It's a great book that served so many uh, worship leaders over the years. And uh, his blog, worshipmatters.com, is active, and he's serving worship leaders, worship pastors. He has a heart for the gospel, a heart for for young men to be trained and developed. And uh, just awesome to have you, man. Thanks for joining me today. It's a great joy to be on your podcast. Is that what this is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on your show, Nate. It's yeah, so on the show. It is a podcast that serves uh, artists, worship leaders, um, musical people who are people of faith. So Excellent. Wonderful. Um, and so I wanted to mainly talk with you today about um, what being faithful to grow looks like. You actually had a talk at the most recent Worship God Conference. Yeah. And I think the title was Faithful to Grow. Yeah. Yep. And um, before we get into that, I wonder if you might just kind of tell us a little bit about your story of faith, how you got saved, how you came to Christ, and sure. um, when you started playing piano and how all that <laughs> connected together. <laughs> well, I started playing piano 50 years ago, 5-0, and uh, raised Roman Catholic. I was going to become a priest. Uh, I went to a junior seminary, went as a freshman in high school, but, this, but it closed down after that first year I went due to lack of an enrollment. So I went back to public high school, and it wasn't when I went to college, uh, Temple University in Philadelphia. I was majoring in piano performance. That fall, first semester, guy from Campus Crusade was you know, had me in his sights, and he kept coming after me, and I thought, eh, you know, I want to talk to this guy. And So finally, he got me to come to the student union building, and you know, I'm writing a new book right now, True Worshippers, and I, I tell this story in there because it's it's about how, you know, true worshipers receive. We the first thing we do is receive. We we don't initiate anything. We, you know, right. God comes and gets us. And this this uh, it was so God just coming to get me. I mean, I didn't even want to talk to this guy. And I remember him just sharing all of sin and falling short of the glory of God. Do you believe that? Yeah. You know, the wages of sin is death. Do you believe that? You know, you've sinned. Oh, yeah, 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 I think I have. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you, do you, do you know what a gift is? Well, I don't know. So he gave me a pencil and he said, yeah, that's a gift. That's my gift to you. Did you do anything to earn it? No. Did you, did you do anything to merit it? No. Am I going to take it back? No. Well, that's what eternal life is like. It's a gift. Mm. And, you know, just God converted my soul right there. Um, I mean, it wasn't dramatic. The heavens didn't open, but but I knew that was different from what I'd been taught or what I understood to have been taught. And I walked away from there thinking, man, if I missed that in the Bible, what else have I missed? And uh, you know, that, that was in 1972, so it's 41 years ago. And uh, Jesus has become 
more glorious and more amazing uh, and more wonderful uh, since that time. That's awesome. All the time. So cool. Um, so were you playing, you were playing a lot of piano during that time too? And I was. You know, and let, let me go back for a second, Ned. I, in case someone's listening, you know, did he ever believe the gospel? Well, yeah. That, I mean, what I understood right then was that all my sins were paid for at the cross by Jesus Christ. He bore the weight of my sin. Yeah paid for them entirely and I could do nothing to add to that um, and that really changed my relationship with him obviously <laughs> brought me into the family of God uh, so yeah I was majoring in piano performance and and started in a band called Glad back then um, right around that time which as soon as I got out of college I spent eight years touring the country with the band and they they kept going after I left and I kept writing for them and they're actually it's been 41 years I've been together now Man, I'm feeling old talking to you. <laughs> this is really no, man. Come on. Oh You're, gosh, you are, you thank are, you. you are young. Yeah, in thank every you. way, young and hard for sure. That's right. <laughs> um, the um, you know, I I know that you 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 talk about this in various places, but you you played piano a lot. You played several hours a day. Yeah, you were practicing Average four a lot. hours a day in uh, in college. How did um. How did your, you know, when you when you met Jesus, when when grace was, when grace made sense to you, and all of a sudden you mm-hmm. discovered grace, or Jesus showed you grace rather. Yes. How did that inform your piano playing? Wow, that's that's a great question. It was actually two years after I was converted that I had another encounter with the Lord. I was, I was baptized in water, which was for a Catholic was huge. Um, and that's when I, I think I really began to take the Word of God seriously, really seriously. And there was a more dramatic change in my perspective on music at that point. I think after I was converted, I wasn't getting a lot of good teaching, um, you know, reading what books I can, could and reading my Bible. But I didn't have a good, really good church yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was, there was still a lot of me in it. I went to school to uh, get a degree in piano performance so that I could play whatever I wanted to play. That was my goal. I just want to be able to play whatever I want to play. Before my senior year, I'd say when, when God really uh, opened my eyes to his authority in my life, I actually started practicing less. And um, it was interesting. <laughs> uh, I saw that some things were more important, like people. Mm. Um, I started taking more time for relationships and, and there was a real joy. I think things, there was a greater joy in my practicing. Not that it wasn't joy before, but it was like, you know, the Lord's going to take care of this. He's going to, he's going to supply what I need for this. Um, so there was a, there was a greater freedom in it. And I think there was a greater fruitfulness in it. So for the first few years, I was practicing really hard and certainly there was good fruit from that. But in the last year, I enjoyed it a lot more, probably practiced a little less. Mm, that's awesome. And that's that's kind of where I'd love to kind of just have you speak to that, you know, just more. Because I think um, the parable of the talents really addresses this issue. Yeah. Um, but, um, but maybe, you know, I, I don't know if you remember this or not. I'm sure I don't, when I was at the studio, when you guys were in, in Maryland, you had this... Um, Thing that it was a definition of a Christian musician that I thought yeah, was so yeah. powerful, and you might have it memorized. Um, can you just tell us what that definition is? Wow, you're really testing me. Oh, um, sorry. 
a Christian musician is someone who responds, uh, shows a great gracious response, a grateful response to the gospel in, in any context they're in. Right. So in words, that, that's what they're modeling. It's, I drew it from Charlie Peacock's definition in his book. Um, I forget the name of it at the moment. It was a book on, on Christian music. Um, but he he kind of was the germ germ of that thought. Okay, is it's a grateful response yeah, to the gospel. Yeah, I wish I had. I, I took a picture of it, but then I got the the thing where the you know I traded, I changed iPhones, and I lost the picture. So, <laughs> um, so that, was, that yeah. was a bummer. But I should have written it down and ever noted it. <laughs> well, you probably should have. You know, I <laughs> but I remember it really impacting me, and it was definitely that was the idea. The big idea was that. It's a response to the gospel, what Christ has done for us. A Christian's response to the gospel in, I can find it right here, in whatever, um, yeah, the call, here it is, the call of the Christian musician is to faithfully make music in any context that reflects a grateful servant's response to the gospel. That's awesome. So what I was trying to aim for was not just the, the, the worship musician, yeah. but, you know, if you're playing in an orchestra, if you're playing in, in a club, if you're playing in a, in a, a band doing secular music, you can still faithfully make music that reflects a grateful servant's response to the gospel. Yeah, that's that's really awesome. Yeah, and 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 um, you know that definitely for me connects. I just remember that really having a big impact on me personally. And then as I've been really thinking about Matthew twenty-five, that is that is at the heart of that parable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the guy with one talent is not having a grateful response Absolutely. to the gospel. Right, yeah. So, um, I don't know if we could just talk a little bit about that talk, but being faithful to grow, um, I, I was, again, I, I was really served well by that sermon, and I think a lot of musicians in the church need to hear that. I think particularly what I would like to kind of talk about is just kind of um, maybe the wrong way that people have used that parable to justify mm. their ambitions. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because I have done that. I, I'm like, I, I got to steward my gift, so I need to go do this or that, and yeah. And it's more out of a heart of striving. Yes. And so, how do you, how what's the answer to that? Like, can you just yep. kind of speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Well, I think I found I like came to that realization of the difference. You know, being a response to the gospel just through studying the the parable more carefully. Um, it's like a lot of parables that Jesus tells. I mean, there's a basic point. That, that we can get just through a cursory reading and and that's usually the main point but there are little nuances that we can that we can pick up if we think more about it reflect on it and you know the spirit gives us insight and you know, read commentaries the insights of others that God has given to others and you think okay uh, I'm missing something here and you know part of it was the the fact that everything those servants had I mean if someone's make sure, I'm assuming everyone's familiar with the parable but you know, Jesus gave the the the, the um, master gives uh, one talent to one servant, two talents to another, five talents to another, mm-hmm. and says, uh, you know, he goes away and says, you know, invest these. Let me, let me see. Entrusted them as property. Twenty gave five talents to another, two to another, uh, one to each according to his ability. Right. Then he went away, and yet that's all you're told. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had received the five talents, went at once and traded with them. So, so what we have is he entrusted to them his property. Well, 
that that speaks of that says a lot of things. You know, this isn't ours. This is his property. So the gifts we have, the talents we have, they're not ours. Mm. You know, God gave them to us for his glory, for his pleasure. So right away that undercuts the attitude that that says, well, this is my doing. This is for my glory. Mm. You know, it's like if, if the guy who got five talents just ran away from, you know, the master's estate and said, great, now I've got my stuff. Now I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do with it what will benefit me. Mm-hmm. They weren't thinking that. Mm. They were thinking, you know, I'm going to make five more talents for my master. It's a totally different perspective. Yeah. But he didn't work any, I mean, he worked really hard to do that. He invested it. He, you know, he thought about it. He, he traded with them. And we're not sure exactly, you know, what, what they did with them. They invested with them. They traded with them. They did something that, that made it more valuable. And, the, you know, you look at the guy with one, and he should have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. But, but what keeps him from doing it is his attitude towards the master, which is very revealing. You know, you're harsh, you're, you know, stingy, you, you reap where you didn't sow, and so I'm just going to give you back what's yours. And there's no sense of gratefulness, no sense of that stewarding, there's no sense of, wow, you've given me this to do something with so that other people might know about you, mm. how great you are. And it's, it's, it's so freeing to think of your gifts and talents that way. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously the part that, you know, where the master, he's returned and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. There's that, that desire in every good steward's heart to want to please the master mm. and mm. do it for his, you know, do it for the audience of one. And I think you yeah. talk about that yeah. in your talk as well. Um, yeah. Now, how does this relate? You know, you do a great job in your in your talk with um, the things that you know you can do now. Like a musician can practice. Yeah. Uh, a person who clearly understands, you know, understands what their talent is, their gift is. They're able to go and work on that. They don't need to go figure out anything. There's there's work right in front of them to do, and they need to just do it and not be lazy or slothful, like the guy with the one. Yeah. But what about someone who isn't quite sure? what they've been giving given what 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 should they do in or in terms of discovery how do they how do they know what they have that's a great question i mean god gives grace to the humble tell us you know first peter and james both tell us god gives grace to the humble so the humble are those uh who ask questions who ask for feedback ask for input who surround themselves with people who know them well enough to give good feedback it's interesting. I mean, a lot of people who, or at least I meet mean, some people who spend a lot of time cultivating their craft or their gift on their own without much feedback, and they present it to you, uh, you know, uh, kind of like, well, because I've been working on this for so long, you should think it's great because mm. I think it's great. And you see, you know, you see some of those people on auditions for American Idol. Right. You know, they, they, they're there and you think, what in the world? Where have they been? Yeah. Uh, so a humble person says, hey, give me some feedback and you know, tell me where you think I'm gifted, where you think I'm not. I mean, part of it comes through the way God builds us. The things we enjoy doing 
and the things that are fruitful. Those, those tend to be the things that God has gifted you to do. Um, now, it may be that things you enjoy doing and you think you're gifted at that, you know, bear, that bear fruit. When you ask for others' input, they might say, well, it's not bearing as much fruit as you think it does. Hmm. So, I've met people, you know, I've written a hundred songs. And you start listening, you go, wow, none of these are very good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry you've written that many. But um, uh, so, you know, getting the feedback from others and then just doing stuff, just serving. If your heart's to serve, that's where you find your gifts emerging. I mean, that, that's what God tells us in First Peter 4 when he's, you know, says each one should use whatever Whatever gifts, whatever gift he's been given, to uh, serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Right, right. So you're, you know, you're wondering what you should do. Well, just start serving people, and see what bears fruit. See what pe- you know. When do people get back to you and say that really blessed me? Mm-hmm. I was really helped by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of times uh, people give me that kind of feedback, and it'll be about things that I wasn't even thinking about. You know, when you did this, that really affected me. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, maybe I should start paying more attention to that. Could have been a song or something I said or something I did that, you know, I just, I wasn't thinking of it as a gift necessarily. Mm-hmm. But you see through the feedback of other people, because my, my desire was to serve. So, so my daughter who, uh, one of my daughters who would just take pictures of the kids of people she babysat for. Hmm. Well, that started out as just a desire to serve, and now she's a pretty good, you know, f- photographer. Um, she she uses video skills and photography skills, and um, it came about through a desire to serve. So I think if you if approach it that way, God will show you what you're really gifted in. It also sets a great foundation against you know using your gifts for your own ambitions and glory. Yeah. Um, along those lines, as far as ambitions you know, doing it for your own glory, all that. For a, a musician, for an artist who's who's wrestling with these things and they want to step out of their comfort zone and talk to someone, send someone an email, um, the whole area of promotion, mm-hmm. <laughs> like advertising or marketing or self-promotion, whatever you want to call that, that's yeah. where it gets very, very tricky, isn't it? So yeah. can that person... Do that if it's in the so if it's the attitude to serve again coming coming back to that how, how does that look as far as stewardship goes? These are great questions. Um, I mean, I get stuff all the time from people asking me to promote, and there's a real difference in, in ones that I get. Um, if I'm informed that something exists. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. If I'm told in advance how great it is before I've even heard it, that's that's a little. I'm a little more skeptical. Right. You know, when someone tells me, um, you know, you need to listen to this because really, it, this is this is the best worship album since uh, I don't know, Love Song in the '70s or something. I don't know. Um, you know, there's what you uh, Proverbs twenty-seven two. Let let another praise you, not your own mouth. Yeah. Um, Boy, that's, that's true. Awesome. It's 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 God's word. Yeah, so, yeah. I can let you know that I have an album coming out. Now, if I didn't think it was good, I shouldn't be doing it, right? Yeah. 
I mean, if you're writing songs you think are garbage, well, stop writing songs. Do something else. Right. Uh, so I think it's good. I think the Lord might be in it. But I can't. God controls the fruit yeah. as well as the, you know, the actual product. So, so when someone sends, sends out an email, they're, they're kind of stepping out of their comfort zone. They're, they're kind of feeling like, is this self-promotion? Is this? Yeah, yeah. You know, like. Is is it so? It's better for them to be like, "Hey, this is just me doing this. Um, I want to just expose you to it. Um, I'd love your feedback. Even probably yeah, asking yes. for that, yeah, is a yeah. very different thing than say, it's "Hey, very- this this thing I just did. It's awesome, and I and I know you'll like it. So here, yeah, and and if you want to use it in any way, yeah. you know, yeah. let me know. Okay, that's one way of approaching. It. Or if you have any thoughts for me, mm-hmm. let me know. And if you don't have time to listen to it, I understand. Yeah. So th- there's just no presumption. There's no, you know, it's. <laughs> I don't get. I mean, and there, there are people who get lots more stuff than I do, uh, but you know, because of the internet, you you mm-hmm. get known because of the book, you get known, mm-hmm. and and so it's not like I get one of these a month. But sometimes it can feel like you know, on the other end, there's a person saying, "I'm sending you my album," and. Um, what else are you doing with your life? You know, certainly you can squeeze out 45 minutes to listen to my album. And, and the reality is <laughs> I've got a lot of people just like you who are asking the same question. Yeah, yeah. So it's just not assuming, uh, you know, presuming on people's time. I have listened to stuff, Nate, that just out of the blue, you know, someone sends me something and I listen to it and go, you know what, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found something on Zach Hicks blog uh, by Caroline Cobb. Uh, it's an album. Uh, just it tells the story of redemption through it. Yeah, I listened to it cool. three or four times. It was beautiful. Yeah, uh, never would have heard of it. She didn't send it to me, but you yeah. know, I just found it on a blog. But occasionally I listen to something and go, you know what? That's really good. I love to do whatever I can to promote, um, you know, God's work in other people. Yeah, uh, because the church is served yeah. by that. Yeah. We want to. We want to point out. Where God's, you know, pouring out His grace into the lives of those around us. So if you're an artist, I just say, look, if God's grace is, if His Spirit is working in you, producing fruit, it's not wrong to to let other people know about it. it to to send them an email saying, hey, just want to you know this is here, but consider it as an opportunity to grow and serve yeah. rather than an opportunity to tell people how great you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a huge difference. Absolutely. Yeah, and you know, I'm also thinking of again back to the um, to to your message at, at the conference that you gave. Uh, you, you of course quoted a couple of the proverbs. There's the one in Proverbs 22: "Skillful, you know, a person's skill or something like this brings yeah, them before kings." His work, yeah. he will serve before kings. He will not serve before obscure men. There's there's a sense where if if you're really focusing on the things you know you can focus on as an artist developing your your voice practicing your guitar writing yeah. more songs growing in your lyric writing and being faithful great music's gonna make way for itself don't you think i mean that's yeah, yeah. kind of like yeah, that there's... girl that you discovered on zach's blog i mean yeah there's a that's right there's a um there's a problem that says a man's gift makes room for him mm. which which really means you know someone who gives gifts gets gets an audience <laughs> um mm-hmm. But some have interpreted it to mean that you know if you have a gift, uh, it'll find its home. You don't you don't have to shout it from uh, you know everybody's housetop. Hey hey, look at my gift! Hey look at my gift! Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that's 
so you, you were saying that uh, that other proverb, actually in the Hebrew it says, a person who gives gifts makes room for himself. There, there, yeah, that's one translation. But, well, that's really cool, though, if you think about it like, you know, if you're really serving people. Yes. Um, if you're really, if you view your art, your music that God's given you, it's God's, it's not yours, but if you're use, using it for other people. Right. If you're well, doing that, it to, That's what First Peter 4 is. It's yeah. uh, Proverbs eighteen sixteen. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. Right, right. So, you know, it's, if you're generous with what you have, if you're seeking to serve, mm-hmm. God will put you where you're supposed to be. Now, the reality is there are people who aren't that great, whose, whose motives are bad, and they get really famous. Um, yeah. That's not uh, – we don't want to be those people. That's something entirely <laughs> different, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. everything that's popular is good. Yeah. Right. Now, this is great stuff, Bob. Thank you, man. Um you know, as we as we look at what you guys have done, I mean, you just came out with Grace Has Come. That's 16 songs. Awesome. That's the longest record wow. you guys have done, right? Is that right? 16 songs? <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, it, oh yeah. With the, yeah, the deluxe edition is 16 songs. I'm looking yeah. at your site now. Uh, yeah. Because we have three extras on there, three bonus tracks. Well, even 13 songs is, is yeah. one more than the average, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. We do between thirteen and fourteen. They think okay. the gathering had fifteen. Uh, but oh, but over the years, I mean, you guys have seen this very principle that we're talking about happen. Yeah, to some degree. I mean, we're just trying to be faithful. Yeah. I, I'm always listening to other people's albums and going, "Man, I wish we had done that album." I've been listening to uh, Dustin Kensrue's album. It just uh, came out, right? Just came out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my oh my. That guy can write. Yeah, um, it's really a brilliant album. I've heard uh, Matt Redman's new album, uh, "Your Grace Finds Me." Yeah, just so many brilliant songs. Mm-hmm. Um, been listening to. Uh, it hasn't come out yet, but um, Austin Stone's new album, "King of Love." Some great songs on it. You know, I think we're we're trying. We're doing our best. <laughs> we're, we're just, yeah, and I think I don't know. I just look. I look at it, and I'm like, you know, it's. Um, I mean, you can't ever <laughs> go, this person over here has got one, this person over here has got two, this person over here has got five. Oh, like so many talents, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah with, with regard to the talent number. But, yeah. um, but you can see people who are, who are being obedient. And yeah. I, I think that it's really encouraging to see you guys and how you've grown. I mean, I, I've been listening to your music over the years, and, and it seems like every album, you're applying things that you're learning. That's what we're trying growing. to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like even right now, I, I probably approach every album the same way, I think. We got to do a lot better than we did last time, and uh, yeah, that's just. I think that's the way to approach it. We haven't found any um, uh, what's word technique or any any way of doing it that we think okay, we've arrived, Mm -hmm. we're here. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just you know no because it's made up of the people who are in Sovereign Grace and the different writers we use, and Mm -hmm. you know moving to Louisville has opened up a whole new way of doing things, and so it's exciting. The one thing we're committed to is just producing Christ-exalting songs that serve the local church and training. That's what we're committed to doing. Mm. So, um, you know, the gospel, we we know that that has got to be the center. And I think that um, for an artist who who draws closer and closer to the cross every day, um, don't you think Mm. that they're – they're going to be more uh, obedient in this 
particular parable. They're going to be more faithful. They're not going to be stressed out over how many hours they're practicing. Like earlier, you were talking about how you practiced less, but yeah. you were more happy. And, yeah. And um, you practiced differently, too, I'm sure. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah. And so... Yes. The answer to that question would be yes. Yeah. <laughs> because the gospel's not, it, you know, it's not a, it's not a technique. It's not a marketing plan. It's not a business idea. It's not a strategy. It's, it's the way God has reconciled himself to us. Mm. It's the way he's reconciled us to him. And that just affects the deepest part of our souls. That affects our eternal destiny. So yeah, if, if you draw near, uh, what was it Spurgeon said? Let you know the, the I forget how he put it, but the, the, must, the sparks of the yes, fire falling on him, yeah, fall on us. We must draw right. near enough yeah. to the fire of Calvary so that sparks fall on us. Yeah. Um, if I am considering every day my state before God outside of Christ, and my state before God in Christ, that's going to just affect everything I do. Mm. It's going to affect my awareness of what my identity is. Who, who am I? Well, I'm a child of God through Christ Jesus. What, what, what can I be anxious about? Well, well, nothing because, you know, he who did not spare his own son, how will he not also graciously with him give you all things? Mm. Why, why would you be, what do you? you concerned about? You know, he who began a good work and you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, mm. predestined for the foundation of the earth to be holy and blameless in his sight. If you keep filling your mind and your soul and your heart with those thoughts, yeah, you, I would say you'll do much better <laughs> as a, a faithful servant, wanting to glorify your master, uh, definitely. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, brother, for being with us on the podcast today. It, it's It's awesome to have some time with you and, and thank you for, for serving the church, um, yeah. serving the local church. Obviously we know you're a pastor where you, where you are now and loving it. You're, yeah. It's awesome. And, uh, so you're having these conversations with young musical guys who are probably wrestling with mm. some of these things and, yeah. and you're yeah. also serving folks on the internet and at your blog. So where, where can people go to find out more about, um, the new, the new record? It's based on Romans, right? The book of Romans. Yeah. Yeah. It's called, uh, Grace has come, songs from the book of Romans. If just go to sovereigngracemusic.org, that would be all our stuff's there, all our charts. You can listen to, you know, a minute and a half samples of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's the best place to go. And you said you're, you said earlier you're working on a new book. That's I'm supposed to be. I'm doing this. Is podcast. that is that okay to talk about? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Crosswind is going to do it. It's for uh, it's called True Worshippers. It's for people in the congregation. You know, Worship Matters was for leaders. Awesome. So this is for people in the congregation. Fantastic. uh, Trying to bring some historic and biblical and gospel um, insights into what we do, how worship relates to our relationship relationship with God, and how what it means for when we gather Mm -hmm. with Christians. So kind of touching on those topics. Awesome. And uh, your worshipmatters.com, that's your blog, and I'm sure folks can follow you on Twitter. Yep, B. Coughlin. B. Coughlin. Pretty easy. Excellent. Appreciate it again. It's awesome that you'd have the time to do this, and uh, I know this will serve and bless many guys and, and gals listening. So, uh, Thanks, Nate. So thank you for what you're doing, asking great questions and seeking to promote the glory of 
Jesus Christ, advancing of the gospel through songs of the church and uh, through lives of integrity. Really grateful for what you're doing. So for today's um, episode notes, head over to christianmusicblog.com slash session 33, and uh, you'll find links to different different things that, that we discussed there in our conversation. Um, just wanted to um, highlight on our blog, especially here, we have um, a blog post that was posted uh, back on the 19th of September um, by Kristen Gillis. She's actually in Louisville as well. She's a part of... Um, Sojourn Community Church out there. Her and her husband, Bobby, write songs together. Actually, they were on our podcast. Um, I forget what episode it is off the top of my head, but um, let me see here. Uh, but but she, um, yeah, she wrote this blog post called Three Key Ways to Grow as a Worship Leader. And um, it was based off of the talk that Bob gave at the Worship God East, um, Worship God Conference East. And um, Faithful to Grow is the name of that talk. And I want to include that audio link in today's show notes. Um, so I encourage you guys to go listen to that. It's just a fantastic um, message. Uh, so good. I mean, and, and it'll be one that you go back to time and time again, just to to really, um, to let this thing really rest in your heart. I mean, it's, it's an important conversation. It's an important thing to know. Um, so actually, um, and, and the, I was looking at the podcast episode here that we have Bobby and Kristen. Yeah, that's episode 23. Um, but um, this blog post that she wrote, three key ways to grow as a worship leader, and, and you could insert three key, three key ways to grow as an artist, a Christian artist, three key ways to grow in, in whatever area, <laughs> you fill in the blank. But um, basically, number one, invest in your relationship with God. I mean, this is huge. Um, spend time with God. Spend time in his presence, in his word, um, praying and um, just bringing your heart before the Lord every day. Number two, practice, 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 um, and and just the importance of developing um, your skills. You know, actually, in in the talk that that Bob that Bob gives, um, he quotes, I think it's Malcolm Gladwell, um, the idea that really to get at expert level, according to his research, I don't, I'm not sure how he conducted this um, survey or whatever, but basically, um, to attain expert level in anything requires at least ten thousand hours of practice or something like that. And uh, which which comes out to about four hours a day for seven years, so um, just practice a lot. That's that's the point. But um, I think if you if you go listen to that talk that Bob gave, faithful to grow, um, he he kind of couches all of that, of course, in the parable of the talents and just growing in grace, which is what we need. We need that grace to to kind of push through those those times where it's really hard and, and we don't want to do it. Um, but but. Yeah, I'm just so encouraged by by him and his ministry. Again, go over to christianmusicblog.com forward slash session 33, and you'll find the notes, uh, just some bullet points from the conversation that we had there, as well as some links to you know their new album, Grace Has Come, songs from the Book of Romans, uh, the Sovereign Grace Music site, his blog, worshipmatters.com, and, um, and more. So that's it for today's episode. I'm so um, encouraged, again, that you join me. As I said in the beginning, make sure you check out freemusicgift.com. You'll find two gifts and an opportunity to sign up for our weekly newsletter. Um, The newsletter, for me, is really the heart of christianmusicblog.com. It's where I personally meet you and interact with you about 
your own music and and making music and your Christian worldview of what music is. So so to find out more about that, just go over to freemusicgift.com. Great uh, to have you again. Thank you again for joining us. We'll see you next week. We'll be back here on the CMB Podcast. Until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the CMB Podcast. For more valuable content, including helpful articles and video, visit christianmusicblog.com.